Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the Canadian Canola Growers Association Cash Advance Program. Also, I'll chat with one of the nominees for this year's Manitoba Outstanding Young Farmers Award. And up first in today's country comment, John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research will talk about the impact of the coronavirus on the egg markets. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today is John Drieger, Vice President of Leftfield Commodity Research, to talk about the impact of the coronavirus on the agriculture markets. I guess the short answer is we've seen uh, we've seen grain markets come under pressure here in response to uh, uh, to, to concerns about this coronavirus uh, situation, and uh, you know the, the, the losses. I guess the, the pressure has come particularly in uh, in the oil seeds like canola and, and soybean oil, for example. But uh, but eventually, uh, and, and they were the markets that got hit the hardest earliest. But now, more recently, we've been seeing a little bit of catching up to the downside on on wheat and corn as well. And, and again, not as much as the oil seeds; those have been the markets that have been been hit the hardest. But but everything has been coming under pressure here uh, as the uh, as the concerns about that have uh, have uh, have come up over the last few weeks. How is this actually impacting the markets? Yeah, it's so. I think there's, there's a couple things that 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 we think about uh, when it comes to the impact in grain markets and sort of what's going on and maybe how this unfolds. And so, you know, first of all, I, I think from a longer term perspective i don't know that it's going to have a huge impact on on demand you know the, the big concern is what's going to happen to demand you know as a result of the the, the virus and and i think from a longer term perspective i don't think the impact is going to be that huge i mean ultimately at the end of the day i mean people you know they may travel less or those sorts of things maybe economic activity slows down but but people still need to eat and so you know unless this thing just becomes you know catastrophically worse than what current expectations are I don't know that long-term demand is going to get hurt that much, but you know the concerns I think maybe in what the market is reacting to is is well, first of all, uncertainty because there's a lot that we don't uh, maybe know yet or, or fully understand. Uh, but the other part of it too is is what's the impact on demand in the shorter term, and and uh, uh, you know a big part of that is the fact that uh, you know this this started in in China. China has sort of been been ground zero, and, and now it's of course spreading. Uh, but you know Chinese demand is such a critical part of uh, of, of again the, the oil seed market and the vegetable oil market in particular and so you know that's where that link has has caused uh, veg oil prices to to come under more pressure and so it's been felt more you know again in soybean oil and soybeans and and canola than for example something like wheat and corn of which uh, you know china is not as doesn't have as big a footprint in global markets and so so that's sort of where that distinction is and where those markets sort of seem to be signaled out singled out for maybe a bit of a more aggressive beating per se again that link to to chinese demand and again i don't think from a longer term perspective demand is going to get hurt that much but certainly in the shorter term there's uncertainty there's disruption um, slowing down and unloading cargoes and all those sorts of things that are they're having a bit of an impact in the shorter term and that's where that's where the market seems to have its focus that was john drieger with leftfield commodity research talking about the impact of the coronavirus on the egg markets a look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up good afternoon i'm Corey canute a market analyst with canfax says coming into 2020 the cattle industry was seeing some huge demand for red meat here's brian peria China, it's now become the biggest beef importer in the world. And then we can, you know, sort of amplify that by the fact with their African swine fever and what a protein deficit they are in there, um, you know, with 
you know, half the pigs in China and potentially losing half of their hog herd, uh, you know, for red meat exports, uh, just huge opportunities uh, to get product into there. He notes the coronavirus has had an impact on the red meat market, especially in China, where things got backed up at the ports because workers there were staying home. Farmers will see some changes to the cash advance program this year. Dave Gallant is with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. For this year, CCGA has dropped the uh, administration fee. Uh, we used to charge $50 an application, and we have now eliminated that for farmers, as well as we've dropped the interest rate on the interest-bearing portion of the advance from prime minus one-half a percent to prime minus three-quarters of a percent. Through the CCGA, farmers can access advances on over 50 field crop and livestock commodities. Cash advances are available up to $100,000 interest-free, up to a maximum of a $1 million dollars. Pre-applications for 2020 are now being accepted, with the first advances being issued April 1st. And Farm Credit Canada is now accepting applications for the FCC Agri-Spirit Fund. For the past 16 years, FCC has awarded rural community groups between five dollars and $25,000 in FCC Agri-Spirit funding for various community improvement initiatives. The fund will award $1.5 million in funding this year. The application deadline is March 31st. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Agwire for Tuesday, March 3rd. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser talks with Mac Ross, the Director of Market Access and Trade Policy with Pulse Canada. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser talks with Mac Ross, the Director of Market Access and Trade Policy with Pulse Canada. To begin with, Mac, let's start by setting the stage for everybody as far as the importance of Canada and Saskatchewan to the global pulse market. Well, that's uh, yeah, a great question. I think uh, historically Canada and, and primarily Saskatchewan, because Saskatchewan is where most of our pulses are grown, as you know, uh, have been uh, uh, the biggest supplier to the, the global marketplace uh, and, and continue to be. Um, although we only account for a, a small portion of, of global pulse production, India is still the biggest pulse producer and pulse uh, consumer in the world. Canada is by far the largest exporter and supplier of pulses to, to the global marketplace and Saskatchewan is, is the key driver for that. Now of course India, as you referenced, has been a key market for us. Uh, over the last number of years we've, we've been dealing with a number of challenges with India. Can you bring us up to speed? Where are we today and how are things looking? Sure. So as you referenced, India historically has been our largest market. There was a time where it accounted for uh, close to half of our pea and lentil exports and a, a large part of the success of our sector came from from being able to supply the Indian marketplace. Um, but a, a, as you say, starting in 2017, India began imposing a, a number of different trade restrictions. And I think it's important to, to just look at the context in India. Um, they, we know, have had a very strong political mandate since 2016, actually, to, to double their farmers' income by the year 2022. And that'll be achieved uh, in part in 
in their mind by achieving self-sufficiency in pulse production. So they've uh, implemented a number of price support mechanisms domestically to, to attempt to achieve that. And, and after a number of back-to-back -back years of, of optimal growing conditions, they, they have been able to, uh, to uh, at least temporarily achieve self-sufficiency. And then we've, we've seen um, these domestic programs and supports to growers be accompanied by, by the tariffs that we currently face and the quantitative restrictions, uh, as well as some other technical um, barriers to trade with, with India, which has limited our ability to, to export peas. But uh, in 2019, we've seen India return again as our, our top lentil market, even with a 30% tariff. You see still some continuing optimism there for a market for us, though? Well, uh, India's always, as the biggest pulse consumer on the planet, they're always going to be um, part of part of our, our strategy and part of our, our, our export market. Um, but we, we've seen in, in the past year, as India has dropped off the map, at least in peas, we've seen other markets, uh, especially one, pick up the slack in a big way, that being China. Um, we've sent, interestingly enough, more peas to China in 2018 and 2019 um, than we ever did to, to India. So, But we, we know that China's very focused, just as we are, in diversifying our export markets there, focused on diversifying their, their supply sources so our market uh, share there could be at risk. So I think the optimism for our sector moving forward is on new uses and new markets for Canadian pulses and that's why we have a, a goal to have 25% of our production in Canada into new uses and new markets by the year 2025. I've been talking with Mac Ross. Mac is the Director of Market Access and Trade Policy with Pulse Canada. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. Farmers will see some changes to the cash advance program this year. I got details from Dave Gallant, Director of Finance and Operations with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. So for this year, CCGA has dropped the uh, administration fee. Uh, we used to charge $50 an application, and we have now eliminated that for farmers, as well as we've dropped the interest rate on the interest-bearing portion of the advance from uh, prime minus one-half a percent to prime minus three-quarters of a percent. Talk a little bit about the program, and um, I guess it can be used for, uh, for a, a number of crops. Uh, yeah, we do over 50 products. So we do crops. We also do livestock, so cattle, bison, sheep, and goats. Uh, essentially, the program allows farmers to get access to cash so that they can pay their bills, put crops in, whatever they need to do to operate their farms, uh, and then they pay that back as they sell the product. And the whole purpose of the program is to give farmers uh, an opportunity to sell their product when it makes the most sense, rather than selling just to have cash flow. Uh, it gives farmers access to $100,000 interest-free on uh, the first $100,000 they take on any of those commodities, and then they have access to up to an additional $1 million in total. Uh, and again, that interest rate this year will be 3.2% or three-quarters of a percent below prime. Farmers are facing a number of challenges. Uh, just talk about how a program like this, um, how, how it's so important. This is a really important program for farmers because it gives them access to cash flow so that when prices are low or when products aren't moving like we are seeing recently with the train delays, 
Uh, they have access to cash flow so that they don't have to worry about how their bills are going to be paid or they don't have to worry about selling at the low points in the market. Um, also available to farmers right now if they are experiencing cash flow difficulties because the 2020 program doesn't actually start until April 1 in terms of getting cash flow, even though we are taking the applications today, uh, they can still get a 2019 advance. Uh, and as well, any of those farmers who still have an outstanding 2018 advance that was subject to the stay of default can roll that 2018 advance into a 2019 advance. And how do farmers uh, apply for the program? Uh, they can call us directly at our 1-800 number. It's one 745 2256 and we have a dedicated team in our contact center who will walk them through the process, fill out the application for them, and email it to them so they can sign it. Give us a bit of a timeline. Are there, are there deadlines here that come into play? So the 2019 program, which is almost coming to a close, ends at March the 31st. Uh, the 2020 program has started officially today, so CCGA is doing pre-applications for farmers for 2020 uh, to allow them to get their applications in and processed so that we can cut their check and deposit their money in their bank on April the 1st. So the new program officially starts with deposits on April the 1st, and they'll be able to take advances till the next March 31st. That was Dave Gallant with the Canadian Canola Growers Association talking about the cash advance program. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The FCC Young Farmer Summit takes place tomorrow at Winnipeg's Victoria Inn. Also happening tomorrow, a kickoff to spring bull sale takes place at Maple Lake Stock Farms near Hartney. That'll start at 2 p.m. On Thursday, Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its Young Farmers Conference at the Winnipeg Victoria Inn. The Prairie Organics Thinkhole Farm 2020 Conference takes place March 5th and 6th at Brandon's Keystone Centre. And Marmac Farms is having a bull sale March 11th beginning at 1.30 Details available at marmacfarms.net. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, Andre and Katie Stepler of Miami, Manitoba, are one of four nominees for this year's Manitoba Outstanding Young Farmers Award. The awards banquet takes place this weekend in Brandon. Earlier this morning, I caught up with Andre and talked about his operation. We manage uh, the cattle division of Stepler Farms. Uh, we run... Uh, 550 purebred Charlie cows, and then we also uh, introduced 100 uh, commercial Black Angus cows. Um, we're re- really involved into the purebred side of the farm, and uh, we host two annual sales, and we promote and sell our genetics through through those two sales. It says here you also have uh, about 2,500 um, honey beehives as well. Yeah, yeah. Our farm also has two other entities of. Uh, of uh, cropland, of course, and and the 2,500 uh, uh, hives of bees. Now, um, I guess talk a little bit about the event coming up this weekend and um, why you, uh, you wanted to get involved with uh, with the Manitoba Young Farmers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a new experience for us, of course. Uh, so we're really looking forward to see what it all entails. But uh, with the purebred industry, uh, we're it's. We're always so in, in tuned with networking with people across the country, and, and we had the opportunity to go to one of the, 
to one of the banquets of OYF, and we just saw the the massive networking that happens across the country. And Katie and I both came away from that experience thinking, you know, that's us. That's what we really achieve at, and and we like to be a part of. So. When we when we had the opportunity to get nominated, of course, we said yes. We'd we'd be more than interested in it, and and here we are. You also do quite a bit of work on on social media, sharing uh, your environmental success. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, any farmer knows that uh, we have to do uh, more and more all the time to advocate for our agricultural business, and and social media is just such a huge avenue for us to be able to spread our message and show what we're doing in, in the farming world. Um, the general public is getting more and more removed from agriculture, and they just physically don't have the opportunity to understand it. And uh, through social media and and the marketing campaigns that we do, um, I think we're we're slowly but surely, hopefully, getting to that point where we can have uh, our general public more educated in in what is agriculture. Talk a little bit about some of the local organizations or or national boards that you are you and Katie are part of. <clears throat> yeah, it's it, it's immense. Uh, we uh, we are involved in uh, our local community uh, when we of course we have a young family and the local community is more and more important than 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 anything really for us because that's what helps us grow and raise our kids and so we're we're a part of a lot of sports committees uh, the egg society committee of course uh, we are uh, one of the leaders of the of the 4H beef club as well too so it, and it also gives us an opportunity to give back to to some of our customers and and our base that supports supports our business as well too. Um, I've also st- stood on provincial and national boards in our Charlet breed um, that, that just help uh, move the Charlet breed forward on more on, the, on a business side as well. That was Andre Stepler. He and Katie of Miami, Manitoba are one of four nominees for this year's Manitoba Outstanding Young Farmers Award. The awards banquet takes place this weekend in Brandon. Another look at today's farm news is on the way. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Pre-applications for the 2020 Cash Advance Program are now being accepted. Through the Canadian Canola Growers Association, farmers can access advances on over 50 field crop and livestock commodities. Here's Director of Finance and Operations, Dave Gallant. Gives them access to cash flow so that when prices are low or when products aren't moving like we are seeing recently with the train delays, they have access to cash flow so that they don't have to worry about how their bills are going to be paid or they don't have to worry about selling at the low points in the market. Cash advances are available up to $100,000 interest-free, up to a maximum of $1 million. And the beef sector started 2020 off with strong demand for red meat internationally, especially in China, as a result of African swine fever. That demand slowed as Chinese workers at the port stayed home over coronavirus fears. Brian Peria, market analyst with Canfax, talked about the current market situation here at home. If you're the ranching side, I think you're a cow-calf producer and you don't have many calves to sell right now, you know, this this is hopefully just we got to let the dust settle and see on this. And that's where I think the positive outlook is for the fall and moving forward the next year too. Uh, people with cattle on feed, you know, they're they're in a pinch. Uh, if we look in Alberta, with since coronavirus over the last month, you know, we've seen fat cattle values drop 150, almost 200 dollars on a head. He says feedlots were finally starting to make a little money, but now we're seeing pressure on the feeder market as well. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. 
today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.